Hi there, this is Jabuzwani from Mindset Solutions. Mindset Solutions is a program that I put together to help people to understand how mindsets are formed and how negative mindsets can hold us hostage in our own lives and dictating a lot of um, our attitude, our perspective, our dispositions, our behavior, our belief systems. When they're negative, obviously these become also very negative and destructive. Negative things in themselves are not designed to build anything, but they're actually designed to destroy. So when you don't understand negative mindsets and the power that it has on your life, they can really hold you hostage. And the other part of that, of course, is uh, with mindset solutions is to come up with a framework that can help you to build the kind of mindsets that can be able to help to, to build the life you want, the positivity that you want in your own life, and be able to um, exert yourself in a life in a way that is beneficial, in a way that can serve your interests, in a way that can help you to be successful. So that is what Mindset Solutions is about. And I have been busy in the, in the recent time talking about um, mindsets as they relate specifically to um, the context of South Africa. South Africa being currently a very polarized society, you know, plagued with uh, Divisions, divisions along the race lines, divisions around tribal lines, divisions around around the uh, eco, economic status, social status, um, geographical positioning, all of that, you name it. Any kind of division you can think of or imagine exists in humanity, we have it right here in South Africa. And uh, along with that, I started a talk about the role of language in, uh, in this situation how language can actually be able to help us to foster the kind of unity that we're probably aiming for and how our failure to appreciate the power of language in formulating the kind of mindsets that are necessary to forge unity can um, you know, become a huge disadvantage to us. But if we, if we use language correctly, it can actually be able to help us to, to make that happen. And so... I started talking about the issue of um, the English language at some point, but I want to once again just do a brief summary of what I, I said in introducing the subject. So that language is nothing but the expression of audible thoughts. So if somebody is thinking about something they, uh, and they want to share it with the world, they want to share it with the people around them, um, then they would use language. Language is trying to capture what is in the mind. The concept of uh, thinking out loud, although most of the time we use it in those contexts or in the situations where it's unintended, it's the words, thoughts that are unintended to come out, or that we don't bring out deliberately through language, but actually they, that captures correctly what language is. Language is audible thoughts, it's thinking out loud. And so when we think about it in the context of what we have currently in South Africa is that, um, you know, the role of the English language. Yeah. One of the challenges that we have, one of the reasons why we have so much divisions in the country, I insist again, is because we don't know where we come from. We don't know each other's backgrounds. Our backgrounds and the way that we grow up, they inform the thoughts that we, uh, that we have and the language that we speak. I was just thinking about this very simple example in the, most of the Bantu languages. We have this thing where we are, we use language to minimize something. Let's say we're thinking about a thing, You'll say ntonyana uh, in Sotu, which means nto is a thing, and then nyana puts that that demeaning factor to it. Uh, you have similar things, I suppose, also in Afrikaans, where you have a ki, like a denge ki, or 
Babaki or Maniki, which is a way of just reducing man, man being a man, small man, Maniki, small man, Baba, baby, Babaki, smaller baby. But those two languages, those two contexts, they are different. In the Bantu language, a lot of the, when you use, most of the time, when you use the Nyana, whether it's Sisulu or Soto, it's not a very complimentary thing. It's not a very complimentary, it's not, you don't use that to, to use as a term of endearment or as a term of, as a way of uh, complimenting. Whereas in Afrikaans culture, on the other hand, in the language, uh, it could actually be a term of endearment. A lot of the names of Afrikaans people, the Marikis, Aneki, uh, Nanki, all of that, you know, it's, it's a term of endearment. We have adopted that a little bit into our, our uh, Bantu languages as well, but predominantly in our Bantu language, the, that use is um, the meaning. You know, dog in Janyana, which is like a small dog thing, Tonyana, which means that it's not really a thing. Um, you know, for the predominantly, not always the case, but predominantly it's used that to, to demean. And I was just thinking, making the simple observation. The simple observation is that because of the history of oppression that a lot of Africans have experienced in this country, we do have a, you know, a shame mindset that, uh, that rules the way we think about ourselves. So much of who we are as people has been linked to... Uh, to what we are not versus who we are, what we are not in relation to what a human being is versus what we're not. Being referred to as being less than human, uh, that, has, that has found a way to creep itself into even the way you speak. You know, and I was saying the other day, like there are, some, there are certain words that you are not able to put in the same context when you try to speak about them in English. Um, because they they're conceived in the very experiences that we have in our in our in in, in, in our own context in South Africa, and um, you know, and because of that, sometimes of uh, because of our own context, when we tr- when we step into this whole English realm, um, there's so many different events, so many different way of thinking, the culture, the eating, the uh, the uh, the business, just the way the philosophy, all of those things which don't are not captured in our context. And so when you try to express yourself in the English language and trying to capture some of these things, you find it very difficult. And uh, seeing that English is used as a language, a medium of instruction for teaching, then it automatically hogs the position of being an intellectual language. And so automatically when you are an African speaking a particular accent, especially in South Africa, um, you automatically, when you when you fail to capture your thoughts correctly in the English language, as it is, um, you know, disadvantaged by your own background and by your own language, which does not have the same context, then you're being viewed as being being viewed as as being less than an intellectual. Um, or as on the other hand, you know, when uh, when other when yeah, I find I find that. Um, uh, when other nationalities, for example, are speaking English, their accents and the wrong grammar somehow is always being portrayed as as being sexy. For example, the French accent or the Italian accent or, or whatever other accent. But as long as it's uh, in South African context, as long as they start hearing uh, you know, the way we speak, um, 
you know, accent, the South African black accent from different backgrounds automatically, we almost shut down, we almost start dismissing people and we almost like want to hide and thinking, wondering what are they going to say? Are they going to make any sense in what they're saying? And even if they do capture their thoughts correctly and they're saying what they're saying correctly because the accent does not match um, what we what we want, what we used to, what we expect, then we, we all can almost dismiss that. All right, so I want to just think about that. Like, uh, you know, the challenge for everybody to, to know each other's backgrounds, it helps. How does it help? It helps in a sense that when people are struggling sometimes to capture their thoughts and to express what they want to express in the language that they that is foreign to them with a limited vocabulary, um, you know, it's not a reflection of their lack of intellectual. But when you understand the background, you can be able to construct with them their thoughts that they're trying to express. And that's the challenge that I wanted to bring out today. You know, if you're out there and you're listening, I want you to think about it yourself. Think about it. Think about it how you feel sometimes when you hear some of the um, ethnic groups in this country when they try to speak English. The way that uh, the, the way that ethnic groups speak English that it gets mocked. It gets it's a it's a, it's a sense of ridicule. Whereas, on the other hand, when the accents are of a European kind, they almost celebrated. You know, I cannot tell you how many times I have been asked, um, you know, hey, are you, are you South African? And I'd be like, yes, I am. And I, were you not born in this country? Uh, yes, I was born in this country. Did you study overseas? No, I did not study overseas. I've actually been here my whole life. And uh, there was a time where I used to be flattered. I used to be flattered because I felt validated. I felt like I had broken free from the stereotype of shame and be feeling inadequate as a black person in this country. But uh, as time progressed and when I began to really understand the, you know, what could possibly inform um, some of those questions, you know, I realized that actually it's a, it's a way of saying, you are not what I thought you were. You're not like what I thought you should be. And the only way that you could be something that I thought you're not is that you have to be from another country. You have to be from overseas or you have to have studied overseas, which again, for me, is an insult because it's trying to say that people from this country who look a certain way are not able to think at a certain level because automatically they're put in a box specifically regarding their intellectual capacity and ability. And therefore, if you're speaking a certain way, if you're able to articulate your thoughts in a certain way, if you're able to have the command and express your thoughts exactly the way that you want to, exp- to express them, it cannot be the ability that you have from within you as a human being. It's got to be an ability that has been sourced externally from somewhere. And it may sound like I'm being dramatic about it, but this is the feeling that I go through and I can, and I know many other people who are in my position, some of those people that you call maybe coconuts or cheese boys or whatever you want to call them. That's the feeling that they have a lot of times and a lot of them actually can feel that they have to continue to uphold that image, that image of uh, being different from the rest of other Africans and speaking a certain way. And most certainly that has had a huge impact myself on me as well, in terms of how I speak the language. Um, I don't come from a, a Model C background per se, or from 
a coconut background per se. In fact, I come from a very poor, poor, poor background. I went to school without shoes many times. I uh, went to school hungry many, many times. And uh, most definitely English was not uh, something that we were all <laughs> known for where you come from. In fact, I remember when I went to school, to the multiracial school, and we were forced to speak English. And many of us would just hide and to go speak our own language during break time. But I was appointed to be one of the leaders in ITU now. And I now had the responsibility of uh, checking on all of the students to make sure that they spoke English. And of course, I mean, I took that, I took that job and I, you know, that responsibility and I, and I, uh, I must say, I think I, uh, I smashed it. I think I did a one heck of a job, but anyway, um, but even in that environment, though, we were taught by Afrikaans speaking English teachers who they themselves did not have a very strong command of the English language. The only way that I, for example, was able to improve and develop my language, the English language, was uh, through television, through magazines, and through a deliberate purpose to develop the language outside of the school environment, because most definitely the school environment was not very helpful in, 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 that, <laughs> in that space, uh, purely because of the tension between Afrikaans and English, even just post-apartheid and before apartheid. So you can imagine if you go into a multiracial school, now double medium, predominantly, primarily, teachers who are Afrikaans speaking, who did not have a very friendly uh, relationship with the language or the people group, you know, what, they would, that, what that turned out to be like. <laughs> I wish sometimes I could find some of my notes from back then to see all these errors that were in the notes, from science to mathematics to geography to history, you name it. Anyway, I'm saying all that to bring out this one important point. Let's understand that language is nothing but the people's, us as human beings, an attempt to capture what we're thinking and to put it in words. Now, it's hard enough to try and do that in your own language, given the, complexity, the complexities of thinking in a human structure. There's so many things that happen inside of us. We're so conflicted in so many ways. There's so many contrasts. And sometimes when you try to say what you're saying, even your own mother tongue can fail you, let alone when you are trying, you're taking on a foreign language and you're trying to communicate very complex subjects or topics. It is not a reflection of a poor intellect or lack of intellectual capacity. It is nothing but an attempt for people who desire to connect with other people to capture their thoughts in the language that can create that connection, that can build that bridge of connection. And that's important for us to be able to understand. And I think it's a great starting point. It's a great place for us to, to start if we're going to talk about a united South Africa. If you can talk about oneness, not only in South Africa, but even in the world, there's got to be an appreciation of people having different backgrounds and that having different backgrounds should not um, take away, it should not take away from the commonalities that we have as human beings. And in, in spite of where we come from as people, we can't get stressed in unfamiliar environments. We can't get confused by things that we're not familiar with. We can't get nervous and stumble over our words when you're trying to say certain things in certain environments. It's part of our humanity. And if you, have, if you have been part of a history that has been so full of oppression, that has been so full of suppression, that is so full of judgment and misjudgment and misunderstandings, that is so full of insults and shaming and condescending, condescendence, patronization, 
all kinds of isms and sensations and ities that you can think about in the English language that are negative. It is no wonder that sometimes when we try to engage in the public space, we have great difficulty. We have great difficulty not because of unwillingness. We get great difficulty because we're human beings and we're not linear. We are complex. We are multiplicity of, of experiences. We are a combination of multiple experiences, and we just trying. We just trying. Most of the time, most of us, we just trying to live our day, live our lives each day at a time, and try to make something meaningful out of ourselves. And I understand why people can withdraw, can withdraw from racial discussions. They can withdraw from some of these controversial, uh, hot topics that are out there in the out there in the media, out there in this public discourse, that are leading to various kind of uh, tensions, you know, in, in interaction. Um, in the workplaces and even on our dinner tables. If you're hearing this video, if you're hearing this audio today, I would like you to share with people, share some insight a little bit. And if you are able to give me some feedback on, please do. Um, I will be. I'm hoping to be able to hold some kind of roundtable at some point to help us all. Maybe you know, help wherever we can, wherever I can, wherever I can. To engage in these subjects in a way that is not so toxified, in a way that is not so、uh, emotive, in a way that is so un- that is not so unhelpful to、uh, towards understanding and towards、uh, bridging the gaps and the bridges,、uh, bridging bri- bridging the gaps that we have, you know, or building building bridges over the gaps that we have, the distance that we have between each other. I, th- I think you get the point, anyway.、Um, Anyway, thank you so much for listening.、Um, please, please, please again do share. My name is Jabuzwani、um, from Mindset Solutions, and I am available on Facebook、uh, under Jabuzwani at、uh, South Trades. I'm available also on YouTube and on Mindsets on、uh, Instagram as well, LinkedIn or LinkedIn, <laughs> LinkedIn not LinkedIn, LinkedIn. And I do have a podcast、uh, which is on Anchor FM、uh, Mindset Solutions. Anchor.fm and Mindset Solutions, also on Spotify, on Google, and various other podcast platforms. Thank you so much for listening. Do share and spread the message. Looking forward to hearing from you.